Libraries are a critical component to any city. I think that um, a good library responds to the needs of their community um, and, and finds ways to serve and support the community. I'm John Lewis, and you're listening to 360 Degree City, a podcast where we talk to people who are working to make cities better. Our hope is that after each episode, you'll start to see your own city from a slightly different angle. In our previous episodes of our Reading in the City season, we explored the idea of reading places, intimate and creative spaces dedicated to reading, whether in the home, at the workplace, in a school, or at the Little Red Reading House here in Calgary. Next up, we wanted to explore another scale of reading in the city, the public library. Did you know that the root of the word library, liber, means both book and free? Eric Kleinenberg makes the case for libraries in his 2018 book, Palaces for the People. He says libraries serve as bedrocks of civil society. Last year, Eric stopped by the Calgary Public Library to discuss why libraries are so important. Well, libraries are incubators for all kinds of ideas, you know, big and small, and they work well because they're the quintessential safe space. They are welcoming, they are accessible, they are social, they're accepting. Uh, one of the amazing things about libraries is they're staffed by these magical people called librarians whose job is to ask you, how can I help? Uh, and the title of Kleinenberg's book, Palaces for the People, came from Andrew Carnegie, who helped fund over 2,500 libraries around the world at the turn of the last century. Libraries have evolved a lot since Carnegie's day. In today's digital age, libraries are evolving to offer more than well-worn books and quiet places to read. They're community cornerstones. They offer all walks of life a safe place to read, check the internet, learn something new, stay warm, or meet friends. And although some may think libraries are less relevant in a digital age, many cities are investing in libraries. In 2018, the city of Calgary opened the doors to its new central public library. If you haven't been before, let me try to describe it. As you step onto the train platform at City Hall Station, the new library, with its curved geometry and hexagonal windows, peeks out from behind Calgary's municipal building. As you walk east along the train line and towards the library, you'll soon notice that the train you were just riding continues its journey through the library. Once you get over the fact that the C train literally runs through the library, you continue walking slightly south and up the stairs towards a large public plaza filled with soft wooden textures. This welcoming and open plaza connects the two previously fragmented neighborhoods of downtown and East Village. Samuel Brissett is an architect and senior designer at Snohetta, who helped design the Calgary Public Library. I'll let him describe the design intention as well as the entrance of the building. A lot of people talk about uh, the role of a library being um, primarily about providing uh, freedom of access to information, to ideas, and to thoughts, but I think for for us, uh, equally important, if not perhaps more important, is the idea of creating uh, communities, connecting people together, connecting multiple communities together uh, all around uh, the idea of uh, sharing knowledge. Hmm. So I think that was a really important um, consideration for, for this project. And I think it's uh, visible. I think you can see it in the library in a, a couple of different ways. Um, most notable is uh, the entrance. It, if you've been, you walk into a large central atria and your eye immediately goes up. There's a skylight, daylight washes down the space. You can see 
all of the floors in the building get an understanding of, of where you are and how the building sort of functions. And what I think this does is uh, to create a real a shared center within the building and mm -hmm. create that sort of transformative magnetic uh, sense of community uh, directly within the library where everybody's coming together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having, having been there many, many times. Um, yeah. That's, it's, it's so, so fascinating when somebody uh, puts words to things that you've experienced <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and observe, but hadn't really thought of in a certain way, that's really, really helpful. And it, it really does. Um, yeah. The next time I go, I'm going to just spend some time and just watch people because mm -hmm. I, I do it every single time still mm -hmm. just look up at the, at the, the, the woodwork and, and the yeah. skylight. And it's just, it's, yeah, it, I don't, I don't think it'll get old. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, what, what's also important to mention is uh, the things that you don't see uh, when you walk into the library, I think what you won't see and you may not have noticed is that there's no security gates and right. you, you won't see also a front desk. Uh, and right. that's very different than most libraries. And it was very deliberate. Um, I think it takes away that transactional experience when you mm. enter the, you don't have to take out your wallet. You don't have to show your ID and prove that you're a citizen and, and you're part of the public, right? It's just mm. assumed that you are. And I think that's really important. And uh, getting back to that first point, creating, creating a sense of uh, universal access, uh, that mm -hmm. this is a, a welcome space for everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when we think about the, how the the library in Calgary is situated into the fabric of the city. What kinds of, of considerations um, did, did you have in terms of that, that welcoming uh, environment and how it interacted with the, the city around it? Well, I, I think libraries and museums and theaters, opera houses, uh, even public parks, these, all of these kinds of uh, public and cultural institutions and spaces, uh, you know, they, they play a privileged role in, in uh, the city fabric. Uh, they define um, points of centers, strong centers within a larger, you know, mesh of, of uh, nodal points and centers through the city, creating that kind of overall experience. But what's very unique about uh, the library uh, in Calgary is that, in addition to being a new landmark and a new center within the city, it also um, reconnects or actually connects for the first time two parts of the city fabric uh, that were previously uh, separated. If, if you know the library and if you know the city, you know that it sits on top of an existing train line. The train mm. you know, merges out of one end of the building. And so before the library was built, uh, the site, uh, you know, the train was still there and the, the, it starts below grade at one end and runs through this long arc uh, through the site and emerges at street level at the other end. And this mm -hmm. creates a real, it was a real barrier within the city. It was right at the end of uh, a very important public promenade uh, that if you move through downtown Calgary, uh, there's this sort of passage you can take. Lots of it is uh, enclosed and with air bridges and through public buildings. And it really just ended right at that municipal building, which is right mm -hmm. across the street uh, from mm -hmm. the library. So the, the library was an opportunity um, to to kind of bridge over that train line. It was a very you know, deliberate 
deliberate move on our part to actually locate the library right on top of the train so that we could uh, create this extension of that promenade, uh, you know, up over the train line through the library and help to connect back to uh, East Village. So you know, I think in addition to being a center, uh, you know, it's also about bridging and, and connecting um, larger parts of the city. The architects thought a lot about the different types of reading that may occur in a library. There's a whole variety of, of needs uh, within a library to consider. Uh, and I think that was important for us. We, we thought a lot about the diversity of um, space types that are needed uh, to, for a library to function well. And in general, we sort of organized um, a variety of spaces uh, along a gradient from the entrance up to the top of the building, mm. uh, ranging from uh, more loud and fun kinds of spaces uh, near the entrance and as you move up sort of in a spiral and again following that uh, that train line you see that arc sort of ripple through the building you sort of follow that path up the building and it becomes more quiet um mm -hmm. and, uh, serious say so you know each of those spaces uh, really re requires uh, a different kind of uh comfort level i would say there's there's uh, thermal comfort there's uh, acoustic comfort and there's uh, visual comfort and if you've seen the library uh, you know from the outside the facade is you know looks really abstract it looks very crystalline uh, it's very dynamic and probably appears somewhat random uh, to, to most people and, and that was intentional but what's really at play there is that the you know we wrote a, a custom script to analyze all of the desired light levels for all of those various kinds of activities hmm. in the library and um, simulated daylight uh, throughout the year uh, to understand how much glass, where the glass should be, uh, what, how much frit was in the glass so that you could have a place like a digital media that doesn't really want much daylight uh, near to a space like uh, the teen center where you might want to promote uh, more views back up to the city. So when you see the library, you can wow. kind of read it uh, in that way now. Yeah. Since the library opened in 2018, it's become one of the most used libraries on the continent. In pre-pandemic times, it was actively used by over half of the city's population. To understand more about the day-to-day -day programming and use of the library, I sat down with Sarah Mueller, the interim CEO at the Calgary Public Library. Through this season, uh, we've been talking about and exploring the relationship between places and spaces and reading. Um, so with your extensive experience with libraries, in your experience, what's the most or some of the most important elements um, of a space to support reading? For sure. So I think there's three really key elements to creating a lifelong reading journey. Um, and the library really has an important role in all three of those. Hmm. At the Central Library specifically, there's lots of great spaces to read and beautiful and comfortable spaces are an important element that they're one of the three. 
Um, at the Central Library, there's the TD Great Reading Room, which always comes to mind up on the fourth floor, mm -hmm. surrounded by these story of the book vignettes that honor the tradition and history of reading and the library. But there's also those comfy chairs in the Simmons Harvey Community Living Room where you can sit and read and watch the train go in the tunnel and out of the tunnel underneath the building. Uh, but my favorite place is actually also on the fourth floor. It's the Julia Turnbull Terrace. Um, and there's comfy chairs there and this gorgeous view down 8th Avenue to Fort Calgary. Really sort of the history and origins of the city. And so that's just central, but there's 21 libraries across the city and so many great reading nooks to explore. I really also love Central Memorial Park in the Alexander Calhoun Salon mm -hmm. and sitting at that laptop bar and looking out through Central Memorial Park. So the first thing is a, a beautiful and comfortable place to read. But the second thing about great spaces for reading is inspiration for finding great books. Um, and libraries are perfect places for this. Uh, at Calgary Public Library for adults, we have this We Recommend collection that has these curated adult and adult fiction and nonfiction titles right at the front. Um, they're based in true librarian fashion on the famous librarian Nancy Pearl's four doorways for how people enjoy reading. Um, the first is place, which is books that are focused on setting, a place in the community or a city that you wanna visit. Hmm. There's prose that are about uh, the types of books that you like to read. There's people, which is all about characters and how you get lost in uh, their story and their experience. And there's plot books, those ones that you stay up all night reading because you have to find out what happens. So I'm a place and people reader, um, but you also need to be, I think, introduced to new books, things you might not experience. And at the Central Library and other libraries, we have these influencer displays that um, feature well-known community members and their favorite books and authors. And so you'd be amazed at the diversity of titles that are available um, and the suggestions, those happenstance um, experiences. And then the third thing that I think is important is the ability to talk about books and authors, the things you're reading, and then learn about new ones. And the library partners with WordFest um, around lots of literary endeavors. So they host author events at the Central Library and at Memorial Park, and they're doing some great online stuff right now. But everyone, when they think about talking about books, thinks about book clubs. And during the pandemic, we've moved our book clubs online. So wine can now be included in your book club <laughs> at the library. Um, and we have these really fun books and ideas series where we host famous authors. So in short, I think it's about great spaces to read. It's about inspiration to find great books. And it's about an environment where you can talk about books and what you're reading. Mm -hmm. That's that's great, and, and th those are really helpful frames. And and when you mention the the ability to talk about books, that's that's an interesting intersection where uh, you know in a lot of the city, you know, in the podcasts we've been doing over the years, and you know, you talk, see urban plans and all kinds of things. It's really these extroverted kind of activities, and reading can be in part, in large part, an introverted or introspective activity, but that interface. So if you think about reading in the fabric of the city, that's kind of where you can interact with that. That's that's really interesting. It actually reminds me of a, I think it was in Ottawa. I was at a bar 
for just before a conference started, I was reading the newest David Sedaris book and I was had a beer and was laughing out loud. And the bartender came over and he asked what I was reading. And I told him and he said, I, I wondered, I wondered if you were reading David Sedaris. So that's a good example of that. <laughs> it builds connections. I miss so much uh, taking the C train and seeing what people were reading. And that's one of the mm. things that I think in some ways we've lost with e-readers. I'm one of those culprits that I read quite a lot on my phone, although there's nothing that replaces uh, a hardcover book and sitting down on your own to do that. But but we don't necessarily have those happenstance connections to other people around what they're reading. So you can mm -hmm. get that at the library. Perfect. <laughs> um, so you covered uh, a number of unique and special places inside the library. Are there, are there any um, specific spaces or broad features that you think are really unique to the cent new central library that support reading? Totally. Um, many of these are based on partnerships. Uh, mm -hmm. We have this really fun thing. It's a short story dispenser at the Central Library. It's in partnership with Lock 112. And so while you're waiting for your coffee at Luke's, you can push a button and read a short story, one minute, two minutes, or five minutes, I think. And many of them, almost all of them, were written by local authors. So it has that local connection too, mm. which I love. And also in partnership with Lock 112 and Alberta Printmakers, um, in one of the vestibules, the entry spaces to the TD Great Reading Room on the fourth floor, there's the printed word exhibit. Um, and so there's 12 exhibits of book as art, and they are fascinating. There's also a sound installation included with them. So um, if you only enter the TD Great Reading Room in one way, I encourage you to explore all the different vestibules and find them. And uh, the kids area is amazing. It's like this full body play space um, based on sort of whole child development principles. Uh, but, uh, and there's more kids there than there ever have been before. Uh, but everyone leaves with what, a bag or maybe two full of books. Hmm. And one more thing, uh, the foundation ran a Windows campaign uh, just before the library opened where people could pay a certain amount of money to have a quote or a saying um, installed on one of the mullions or the window ledges. And um, some of them are funny, some of them are memorials, some of them are inspirational. And uh, one of the pieces of surprise and delight in the building is those moments when you're walking through and a patch of sunlight hits one of the quotes and it feels like it was just meant for you. So, <laughs> so many special places in the Central Library to explore and to encourage reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my daughter has her name on on the the main floor, and uh, so that was that was a fun challenge to find find her name, and that's that's pretty much a go to when when we have visitors. Of course, that's one of the highlights we show people, and Avery will grab grab them by the hand and point. There I am. <laughs> yeah, my daughters are the same. They love showing it off. Yeah, They're, it's a piece of themselves in a part of this amazing public space, and that's what the library is all about. It's a place for everyone. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And and we were there uh, actually for on on that, that it's for everyone. We were there the opening day, her class happened to have a visit at the uh, National Music Center, we were flying to Amsterdam at like five o'clock. So we had about a 45 minute window. And we went in and I, I legitimately got weepy at it was everybody. I mean, every kind of citizen you could think of was there with smiles on their faces. It was Oh, amazing. Amazing. 
Yeah, it's amazing thinking back to opening day and and we have some great videos on our YouTube channel of it. And you watch them now, especially in this context and mm -hmm. see all of those people so close together in a space. <laughs> and it's amazing and terrifying at the same time, right at this moment. Yeah. Least. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So, so that that day was obviously a big moment for the city for the library as an organization. And for you, we were before we started recording, you were giving me some background and you're, you were leading the charge to get this thing up and running it taking status as a third child in your family as as your husband put it. Um, can you maybe describe some of the things that have surprised you? in that transition of you put so much work into the, the development of the new library, then it's given over to the city. What surprised you about how people have used it and interacted with it from that intensive collaborative planning stage to it going live? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we knew people would come to see this gorgeous building um, because it's this architectural marvel in the city. Um, and our goal was to turn every single one of those visitors into a library lover if they weren't a library lover already. Mm. And I will say that that impact was felt. If we talk about Central Library by the numbers on its own, since we opened, there's been 84,000 new members that have signed up to the library just at Central. Oh my been over 2.5 million visitors and over 1.5 million books checked out. And that's just in that one location. Um, and so that's pretty incredible by the numbers. But I think the thing that's more important to us is that it not only drove use of the central library, but all the community libraries got busier because people had such great experiences at central, it encouraged them to check out their community library in their neighborhood as well, which is what we were looking for. Hmm. And uh, when I think about it from a reader's perspective, so uh, the collection that's most popular at the Central Library is adult nonfiction, um, whether that's because it's the largest collection in the city or it's just used by adults who are wanting to learn new skills, um, experience the world in different ways. Um, but I also really like to reflect on the top books that are checked out of a location. Hmm. And uh, at Central, uh, the first one is Becoming by Michelle Obama. The second and third are kids' books, uh, Baby's First One, Two, Three by Sally Beats and Fergus the Fire Engine by Peter Bentley, which is probably a throwback to um, the old fire truck that we used to have at 616. Um, and Where the Crawdads Sing a Novel by Delia Owens. And mm -hmm. I personally was happy to see that Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone still made the top 10. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so... I mean, one of the things about Central, too, is that so much of what we did at the Central Library was trialed and tested um, and sort of proven out in community libraries before we even opened Central. So okay. we knew things would work, things like we recommend, things like the influencers that I mentioned earlier. And so that combined with sort of the views, the nature, and all the different spaces in the city are a big part of, I think, why the Central Library um, is successful, because people came to see the building but then they realized how amazing a library could be and what a difference it could make in their lives mm, wonderful wonderful um so when we think when we take a step back uh out of the central library or the calgary library system even uh, what are your thoughts on how libraries can best integrate and enhance the fabric of our cities mm. 
You know, I think uh, libraries are a critical component to any city. I think that um, a good library responds to the needs of their community um, and, and finds ways to serve and support the community. Our uh, vision is potentials realized. We want people to be able to realize their potential no matter what that is. And I think about um, how much the library has responded to uh, the recent pandemic. The services that we've offered, our sort of mandate has been to offer as much service as we can um, to the community within public health restrictions. And uh, of course, keeping staff and visitor uh, safety top of mind. And so, you know, we've had over 240,000 curbside holds picked up. We've had over 14,000 curbside prints picked up. Um, and we've created over uh, 15,000 Build-A-Book bags to support the community. So mm. I think that libraries have an opportunity to see what's needed in a community and then and then meet that. And it's not necessarily always focused on the library. One of the great things that libraries do well and one of our values is collaboration. And so we mm-hmm. don't do very much alone. We do a lot of that in collaboration with other community partners. And so... I think it's that collaboration piece that helps us support the community to get what they need and to realize their potential. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. What a beautiful vision for for an organization. That's uh, and and really the 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 manifestation you know manifestation of the intention there of collaboration and community. That's just sort of a self fulfilling cycle. And if anybody tries to take it alone, then it's they probably can't with that level of that level of the ambition and the vision. But also, it doesn't empower and or inform or influence anyone else outside of that so that's great libraries are essential city spaces as so many spaces in our cities become privatized maintaining and growing these bedrocks of civil society is that much more important the opening of the new central library here in calgary was a flagship day for our city and for my family and i can't wait to start visiting again once the covid restrictions are lifted We'll close this episode by hearing about the cities that Sarah and Samuel love. Something that I've been really appreciating lately is just visiting places like Calgary, San Francisco, and Toronto, and now Detroit, all, all places where um, I either have done uh, work and have a building that, that is there to, to kind of go and see, mm-hmm. sort of like an old friend, or... Uh, <laughs> like in Detroit in the process of uh, designing a new headquarters there for Ford. Hmm. I think there's something really interesting about that relationship with the city. Um, it's somewhere in between being a tourist and uh, inhabitant, right? It's more like you're a guest of these places and that yeah. makes it really uh, exciting and sort of comfortable to, to visit and have multiple visits. And I think that's a real kind of privilege uh, to have that sort of relationship with these places it's like going back and seeing some old friends it's yeah exciting that's a tough one um i mean calgary i'm a born and raised calgarian so this is home for me Mm -hmm. um but recently i had the opportunity to to spend some time in charlotte north carolina and Mm -hmm. um charlotte is building a new main library as well uh also designed by the same architect snow hetta who designed calgary's library in partnership Mm -hmm. with dialogue local firm and uh charlotte felt so much like home in many ways it's a Mm. city of newcomers it's a city of um uh this this mix of of urban environment with sort of a rural surrounding and sort Mm -hmm. of those 
that Western hospitality married to the Southern hospitality. Um, and so in many ways, my time in Charlotte felt like a second home, uh, but Calgary really is born and raised. And I see so much potential in this city, particularly in the midst of this pandemic. And as we move towards recovery and restoration and re-envisioning who we're gonna be as a city, there's so much potential. There's so much youth and artists and just community spirit here um, mm -hmm. that I'm continually inspired. Amazing. Charlotte has um, not yet been listed on our on our uh, on our conversation, so this is great. I'm always excited to hear a new place that we haven't heard of before. 360 Degree City is created by our team at Intelligent Futures. To learn more about the work we do, go to intelligentfutures.ca. I'm John Lewis. Thanks for stopping by.